When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. My name's Charles. Thanks very much for pressing play, if indeed you just have for the first time or for the 123rd time. Welcome. 
thank you. You join me as I sit in my home office up in the northwest of England, feeling a little bit better today than I did, well, pretty much all last week with all of the rubbish that was going on. Um, Part of me actually doesn't really want to be here to talk about football. I've had a lovely day just watching Doctor Who and playing with my daughter building Lego. It's been lovely. But here to ruin it all for me are both Danny Brothers and <laughs> Chessy, <laughs> Jeffy Coleman. Don't blame us, Charles. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, tell, you went, oh, we must record. We have to record. <laughs> okay, then, fine. Let's do it. So, yes, of course, we are here. It's our weekly fix of, um, I was going to say cobbler in goodness, but that is a massive over-exaggeration. And makes it sound like everything's peachy when it when it really isn't. Uh, but hey, it sounded good in my head to start off with. So come on then, let's get straight into it, guys. Um, Saturday's defeat uh, at home to Burton. I want to start by simply asking, how did you guys feel like immediately after the final whistle? Um, indifferent, I would say, because I was neither expecting it nor not expecting it. Does that make sense? (laughs) So I think had Keith Curl been in charge, I probably would have been less, uh, sorry, more disappointed, but because it was John Brady and everything's very new and we didn't really know what to expect, I wasn't really expecting us to win it. It would have been great to do so, um, but on on top of that, just a li- just so frustrated with with simple things. But I think the the sad thing is at the moment is that we've become so accustomed to it. It kind of just goes over your head a little bit at this point, doesn't it? We, like, I'm not resigned to us being relegated just yet, but I'm kind of like, oh, well, we'll lose this, so it doesn't matter. We'll just carry on with the day. Whereas before, you could you could get that excitement couldn't you because you didn't know what was going to happen but it it feels it feels very much like run of the mill that we're going to lose um and we can't seem to get out of that rut can we so it it is a bit odd um but I mean there were minor encouraging signs um many many discouraging signs but (laughs) generally speaking I was I wasn't I was indifferent It, it it didn't shock me See, so the reason why I asked is because I had a terrible time <laughs> afterwards with my emotions. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I just, I just thought it was terrible, and I thought, even though that there are some positives, like like you said, Chesie, I, I, I just, the result was everything, and to me, it, it, it so it showed an indictment of of the players you know i'm not i'm not laying defeat at the hands of you know brady samo or or rico at all there i mean you know we found out that they'd actually only had two 1 hour training sessions um with the squad in between keith being sacked and then the burton game so i mean you can't what can you do in 2 hours there's pretty much nothing but i was i was livid danny I was just absolutely livid with how, how, and obviously we will talk about it, but how poor the first goal was to concede, and then how 
we then conceded a second one. And and I'll, I'll be honest with you, that, that second goal, part of me thinks that that was worse than the first one. Uh, yeah, I think the second goal is more like we're pushing on and they've caught us on the break. I didn't, the first goal pissed me off more than most goals this season have because of the stupidity of it. Um, but I think the second goal was more of a, more of a thing of we're, we're actually going to try and get something out of the game. And like John Brady was saying afterwards that we're pushing forwards and we got caught on the break. We've got one-on-one against Bryn Morris, who's probably the slowest of our players. Um, and they've exploited that and scored. So I think at the end of the game, I was just deflated, I think more than anything. It was, I think we'd all got quite up for the game before the game. New era, new stuff, new management team, yeah. potentially new ideas, new formation, players back in, players playing in the right positions. And it starts off for half an hour and we've, we're properly going for it. And this is looking like a, a great new thing. And we're, we've changed our attitudes and stuff. Um, but I think by the end, I was just deflated because it was just the same old by the end. And we, the, the players just seemed completely and utterly drained of any confidence that they might have had. Um, and that's going to take a huge, huge effort to to to, to make up. And there's not that much points difference to make up, but in terms of the mentality and the the deflated nature of the whole squad, it just it just everything seems to be just down at the minute. And that's how I was feeling afterwards because I'd built it up so much. It was kind of like in a, in a lot of, in similar ways to the Peterborough game earlier in the season, where you think you build it up, you build it up in your head, and you just by the end of the day, you're just so deflated because you built it up so much. Um similar to the first leg of the playoffs last season. <laughs> you know, things like that. You just you just build it and build it and build it. And then when it doesn't change again, it's just so deflating, so disappointing to to come out of and lose the game. Um and there were positives like Je- Jesse was saying, well Jesse. Like Jeffy was like, I got caught up between the two again. <laughs> like Jeffy was saying. Um which we'll come on to, but it, it the overall feeling was just so down afterwards and like where on earth do we go from here and who's going to come in and do anything different to this i mean let's let's talk about those positives then let's let's sort of cheer ourselves up a little bit for me i mean instantly when i saw the team sheet i did think to myself oh that looks positive you know it, it looked like we were trying to get a result and i i don't want to I don't want to keep looking backwards because I, 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 there isn't really much more to be said or there's certainly nothing more that can be done about what has already happened and gone before. But there were definitely times when the team sheet would, would be released and you'd look at it and you'd go, he's setting up here for a, for a point. He, you know, there's, there's no ambition there to try and go and win the game. It's all about just, uh, you know, you start off basically with a point and then just trying not to lose it. There was no ambition to go and turn it into three either. And that that was really annoying. So it was a nice, I, su- I suppose, refreshing team sheet to see. And and it because it was also, it was pretty easy to work out that it was going to be 4-3-3 as well, wasn't it? Because it was, right, okay, you can see that there's definitely four defenders. You can see that there's three midfielders. And you can see that there's three attacking players. So for me, that was really, really good to see to start off with. And then the first, what would we say, 20 minutes? I thought we played really, really well. The problem again, and I sound like a broken record here, you've got to score when you're on top. And the longer we didn't score, 
the more our confidence just seemed to seep away. I think as well but, that that disallowed goal was pivotal, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it was so early yeah, though, wasn't it? Yeah. it was two minutes on the clock. I mean, I, right. Did either of you jump up and down and cheer? Yeah, I got really excited for about 10 milliseconds and then realised. I was out I was out with the chickens and then ran back in and it was <laughs> still nil-nil. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I, ju- I jumped off my seat and, and gave a, you know, a punch of the air and excitement. And then I was like, why is, it, why is everybody just jogging? What, what's going on? I was looking at it and I was going, they don't look like they're celebrating anymore. What's happened? And I was just like, hmm, okay. And then for it to be called offside, I still can't see an offside. Don't get me wrong. I know that we're not at the perfect camera angle or anything, but I still don't personally see it. But I think as well, the, the, the other thing that I think is going to play on our minds, and I say this very loosely because I'm, I'm very against this idea that um, – you need luck. You make your own luck and, and you know, you, you work hard for it and it eventually pays off. But sometimes um, that luck does go against you and you just can't get a break. And for example, they're having that goal disallowed after what, two minutes and then Watson hitting what the inside of the post and then coming straight back out again. And it's, it's things like that, that on any other day that offside wouldn't have been given and that goal would have gone in and then the game completely changes. And I think, Aside from the major problems that we've got in a squad and in performance-wise, which you know is on on ninety percent of it, but a, a, a little part of of the of this is the idea that we just need a, a game with a bit of luck and a, and a game where something falls for us and we catch a break. You know, Hoskins, you know, one of his shots does come off, um, and we just need that. And I think because we're lacking it, the more you lack it, the more you search for it, and it doesn't come. Um, and I think mm. once we've got something like that, I think we'll be able to build, but it just feels like we're so far away from having to be in a position where we get to that point. And it, it just feels quite desperate at the minute. What, what did you make, Danny, of the amount of sort of shoot on site or the shoot on site policy, that, uh, as I'm going to put it? Do you, do you think that that was really evident? I, I asked because my dad sent me a message saying, why do they keep shooting? <laughs> he was annoyed <laughs> and I was like well you don't shoot you don't score obviously but- I liked it I really liked it I think like you said if you don't if you don't have a go you don't get it and I think the way we've been in the last few weeks plays into that quite a lot because we haven't been scoring so we might as well try something else and actually everyone have a shot <laughs> like, like Hoskins was shooting from all over the place he usually does anyway um, Watson is pretty good at that when he finds a bit of space on the edge of the area and gets a pop shot hits the bar um and yeah just um it is good isn't it it's it's that thing of of being like well you know you can yeah don't shoot don't score they were getting into decent positions i loved how far forward Sean McWilliams seemed to be playing yeah um it's the most f- lo- furthest one at a lot of points when he was bursting forward from the middle as well which was good it was like he was playing as the number 10 yeah. it it was brilliant um I mean, the one thing that I will say is that that did definitely seem to allow everybody to be further forward. You know, the fact that Sean McWilliams was kind of up right behind the strikers, or striker in Danny Rose, that that kind of gave more of a, almost, it it made the whole team want to push up. They overlapped a little bit, didn't they? 
So in a good way, not in a bad way. So the further upfield he was, your wingers could get either side as such. And also as well, this is, again, something that come back to bite us, but we had a little bit more protection. Um, I think we probably would have been caught a little bit more had we have not played with that style because you're suddenly running back, but we had more cover with the defence in further back as opposed to them, everyone coming forward. And when we played with Keith Curl style, it was almost like you commit everybody, don't you? Um, and then you just, it's just a race back to who can defend quicker. Whereas opposed to uh, on Saturday, I found that that overlapping was much more effective and McWilliams was much more effective further up. Um, and also as well, he's got the speed to get back. Um, I think he was on a bit of a tightrope because it was either going to be a game where he was masterful or he was going to get sent off. I think he, he probably had 50% masterful. And, you know, if he'd have stayed on the pitch any longer, he may well have seen red just because he was so enthusiastic about it. But I like that. I'd rather that than us just get absolutely slaughtered. So I, I liked what he did. It's just such a shame that it seemed to fall apart in the spectacular style it did because it looked as if we had some kind of shape to us and had we have got a goal, we probably would have been all right. But the trouble is, how many times have we sat here this season and said that? Once we score, we have to score again as such. And until we until we score once, these shackles are not coming off, I don't think. It's interesting what you're saying afterwards as well, Brady, wasn't it? That some of the players felt shackled still in terms of like they're not sure when to go and like whether they're allowed to go and like mm. burst down the burst down the pitch a little bit. Um it seemed to definitely shackle the Mills and Kyoso a little bit more. It felt like they were a little bit more subdued than they would usually be playing in a four, but it sounds like he's trying to tell them to to go and trust themselves and to have a go. Um, and it definitely felt like there was a lot of occasions where someone could have made a run or could have made like a, a little effort to get a bit more forward. And there may be still a few hangovers from last the last regime, as we'll call it, <laughs> um, that they just don't they haven't got the confidence to go and do that. I, I think that's it, isn't it? It's all going to come down to confidence. And right now, there isn't any. And it's going to take an awful lot for anybody to get that confidence back into the into the team and into the players i just and the worst thing about it and and this brings us on i think nicely to the the negatives and the rubbish as i'm going to put it um is that thing of well you know confidence is already frail and then you go and have really stupid really obvious almost um, just amateur mistakes. I, I just, I look. I'm not casting blame on on any particular player. Um, Why more not? than any Why other not? player. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get into an argument of whose fault was it. For me, it was well, both of them. Absolutely, um, I agree. It was it was schoolboy stuff, wasn't it? Oh. You don't expect to see that on the wreck. It's not. Like, yeah, well, this it's, is it. It's, it's not schoolboy stuff, Danny. It's not because that doesn't happen <laughs> in schoolboy football. And I don't. The, the other thing is, is that they're arguing about it as well. Like, how can oh. you argue with that? Does it like the only way Bolger can argue about it is the fact that he probably didn't mean to do it because he's trying to clear it. But for him, that's an actual, <laughs> that's an actual clearance. So <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe he didn't mean it. But um, yeah, it was ridiculous. The whole thing. I I, I just. I just kind of look at it and go, okay, it's 
technically it's come off his shin. No, 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 no. Let's not have any of the technical rubbish. It was rubbish. He couldn't be bothered to clear it properly. Half-heartedly did it, got himself into bother, as did Mitchell. Rubbish. This whole thing about, oh, he's trying to clear it, it's on the top of his shin. Do it properly, then you won't be in this position. It's really, oh, really yeah. frustrating. Because yeah, I, well, I I, all, I'm, all I'm saying is, is that it, it's come off his shin. I don't think he was trying to pass it back to... Uh, to Mitchell I think he was trying to clear it but without any conviction absolutely and that's the issue I think that's yeah yeah I think it was more like what he was trying to do was hook it clear whereas what he could have done was just whacked it into bloody Frankie and Benny well Frankie and Benny's is maybe a bit too far for Bolger to reach <laughs> but you know the one time he doesn't do a long pass yeah <laughs> just come on get in again we we, I, I but just, we spoke about this last week didn't we it's reading the game it's you know you read the game and you read it well. That's what your defenders do. That's what your centre backs do. They don't put you under pressure like that. You know we could sit here and argue all you like about who's responsible. They both are. They both should have known better. And that was just really, really. I'm going to say lazy. Actually, I I just think that when it comes to for Mitchell, he must believe that that is an unintentional. Back pass, and I remember at the time, go. I couldn't believe that the referee had given it because I literally just went, "That that doesn't get given against us," you know. Or you know, it, if it had happened at the other end, that doesn't get given. If there were fans in the stadium, that doesn't get given. There was, I, I, I just don't. I the amount of times when I have sat at a football match or watched a football match on the telly and I've gone that's a and cried back pass only for it to be not even you know bad an eyelid at by anybody else I just think that's incredible and almost incredibly unlucky that it got given against us um but having said that it, it did happen and you're quite right one or the other should have just dealt with it. And if in doubt, kick it out. Isn't that the old saying? That <laughs> that's, that's all it is. It's simple. It's like, if you've got any little doubt in your mind, just whack it. <laughs> well, clear, I mean, clearly though, Mitchell didn't have any doubt. But I don't understand that because it's, yeah, I don't know. He don't obviously just felt like it's just come to him as opposed to it's been passed to him. Communication so as well, isn't it? It's communication. Talk to your player. If you're going to put him in that position, talk to him. You know, if you're going to say, right, it's coming to you, talk, talk. And this this is one thing that we've picked up on Bolger all season, you know, and, and we do we do pick him out as an anomaly. Um, and that and that's OK. We we can do that as football fans talking about his football ability, um, um, irrespective of him personally. We can talk about his his football ability or lack of it. Um and, and it's about communication and it's about leadership and those qualities that he doesn't seem to have. Now, it's very difficult to say that sat on an armchair. We'd normally be in a stadium and we'd be able to see it. Now, it might be there and we just haven't noticed it because we're not there. But to the armchair fan, which we all are at the moment, annoyingly, from the outside looking in, it does not look like there's a leader or a communicator in that captain. And that, I think, is the main issue. I think you're being slightly unfair. That's absolutely fine. But that's my view. (laughs) I just mean in terms of what you're saying or what I'm hearing you say, Chesie, is that you think Bolger should tell Mitchell to kick it. 
No, no, you no, think no, that no, no. Bolger should say, this is coming to you. I'm kicking it back to you. You need to clear it. No, not necessarily in that that event isolated, if that makes sense. I'm just talking about generally right. speaking, the communication isn't good enough. Like Bolger should know whereabouts his players are around him. Mitchell should know what's coming. I know that's very difficult. And I'm, I sit here in my chair telling them what they should and shouldn't do. And I'm not a footballer, never will be, have two left feet. But I kind of think that if you command your defence better than that, you don't eliminate because we're all human. Um, things like that are less likely to happen. And I think because, like you said, their confidence is so low that that it was almost inevitable on Saturday. I mean, I, I, I just... See, I, I think that if... If the Lloyd Jones goal gets awarded and isn't disallowed, I I think our tails go up a bit. We, you know, for the next twenty minutes we were on top anyway, and I mean there was some lovely passages of play going on as well, wasn't there, Danny? There was some lovely little one twos being played between the midfield and the the the, the, the well, I'm going to call them strikers. I know two out of the three aren't, but you know. It was really nice to watch at points. And yet I never felt comfortable the whole way through it. Yeah, I think I don't think our problem is in the general build-up play and stuff. Like we have got footballers in the squad and hopefully now they can start to show themselves and start to play a bit more and, and use their football and ability in midfield because they must have been wondering what what's going on because they've got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> they're seeing the actual ball on Saturday. Um so that was a positive. Um I think it's just it's just the end product. It's it's getting that ball in the net that's the massive, massive problem. And it has been for a few weeks. And it's I don't know what it's down to. It's just a, it just seems to be one of those things where we're just going through a spell of our strikers not being able to do it. Or anyone not being able to do it. And we we just it's the age old adage of just need one to go in off someone's arse or something. And, and that one at the start, if that goes in, then we probably win the game because I thought we were in control for the first half hour. We probably grow in more confidence during the game and and we go on to win it. And I think the the massive thing about it is that it was, it was Burton. I think any other team above, what, 18th in the table that we're playing at the mm. weekend, we probably accept that and think, right, we see the positives, we move on. But because it's Burton, they're bottom of the league, there's three points against a team that are chasing us and are probably going to catch us up and are right in there with us, that makes it a 10 times worse because the focus on it becomes so much more about the fact it's the bottom team of the league, the fact it's Jimmy <laughs> coming back um, and all that kind of thing. It's I just, I just don't know where it's coming from at the moment, but um, the, the end bit of it. What about, because um, <laughs> the other thing for me, that you, you mentioned Jimmy and it being Jimmy and it being Burton who were down below us. Um, it was Michael bloody Boswick. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, you, you knew as soon as he lined it up, you thought he's going to smash that in. Uh, it was just, I mean, yeah, let, let's just talk about for one set for a moment, let's talk about the defending of that indirect free kick. <laughs> that's, that's all you could do, though, isn't it, really? You just. And then it, it took about five think... goes for them to actually kick it because they all he faked it and then they all pegged it out and he faked it again. They all ran out again. <laughs> Do you not think though that if they just all stood on the line? That's what I was thinking at the time. I was thinking, why don't you stand there? Just don't charge out. Just lie down. You know what people do behind walls now in free kicks. 
You know, you get that player lying behind I'm a glad wall. Glad you uh, clarified that. Yeah. I lie. I lie down behind a wall all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do as well. Or like a wall. I'll lie down behind that. <laughs> yeah. It's the only hiding place. Um, <laughs> just, just lie down in a line. Surely that's in the rules, isn't it? And then yeah, just but, have a yeah, couple but, of people standing up. Couple of people lying down. Stand there. Take it in the balls and move on. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I just. Um, oh, sorry. I can't get over the whole lying down thing. Surely you're leaving the whole of the, the rest of the goal open. Well, yeah, just leave a few standing up, a few lying... What, what would it take, like, three players lying down? The rest of them standing up, just stand there. What if, right, you get all <laughs> 11 players behind the ball, right, but on the line, all of them lying on top of each other? Yeah. Do you reckon that would fill the well, goal up? <laughs> like doing one of them cheerleader <laughs> triangle things, pyramid <laughs> things. Yes. <laughs> And somebody in the back of the door stand just orchestrating it. Somebody give me a C. <laughs> yeah. There was people in there, weren't there, in the North Stand? Uh, there was. I think it was the ground staff, wasn't it? The people that helped with the uh, getting the, the pitch ready. Shout out to uh, them as well for pouring boiling water on that pitch to try and get it I was to the say. point where it was playable. A star for that because, I mean, our pitch has come under some really unfair criticism. You've got to remember that pitch should have been pulled up in the summer, but couldn't be because of the playoffs. So they have done an incredible job all season. And again, to, to get that match on, if you look at the fixture list and how many were off, especially geographically as to where Northampton is as well. And if you look at the games around the county, like everything pointed towards that being off, even at 11 or 30 in the morning. And the fact they got it on is testament to how brilliant they are. So well done. And and massive applause to the kettle as well. I think the kettle should. Uh, well done, kettle. kettle. No, not Trevor. Not kettle, Trevor. Guys. Yeah, no, say, not didn't Trevor. God no, absolutely no. Um, I've just got the match report up because I wanted to double check what the substitutions were because I saw a couple of fans on Twitter after the game saying that they weren't too impressed with the substitutions, i.e., when they happened or who they were. Um, and before I actually get to that. I noticed that it was Sean Clare who um, is credited as giving as having the resi- the assist. Sorry for the first goal. <laughs> what an assist um, that is! <laughs> I, there was a there was a point where I thought Sean Clare should have got sent off. Do either of you two know when I'm talking about? Uh, was he booked originally? In, Did was he it, was get, it a booking? Th- he got given he got a booking, booking a yeah. yellow card, but it. I'm trying to remember the incident, but I I was screaming for a red card for it. Um, didn't it? Oh, he grabbed him around the neck, didn't he? Didn't he grab oh, one yeah, of our players? M- M- Williams. Yeah. Was it McWilliams? He grabbed around yeah. the neck, and then poor old Sam came in because he was like, "Oi, get off my best mate!" <laughs> also, as well, I mean, God bless him. He's obviously quite naive as to try and start on McWilliams because I mean McWilliams might be young but he's a fairly fairly strong bloke you don't take no prisoners does he I mean he was not having, having it. said that he's no animal he walked away you yeah, I, yeah. I could imagine animal turning around and literally have just like got in the guy's face the animal would have put him in Rosette immediately which right, I'm exactly. not condoning um no. but I mean animal antics are missed greatly at six fields this year yeah and again, I, I don't want to. I, I only bring that up because of the fact that I saw the guy's name and it flashed back. I thought to myself, pretty sure he should have had a red card. I mean, if you go back a couple of weeks ago, that Accrington player 
that pulled Kyoto's hair has been banned for four matches. Really? I didn't in, know that. Yeah, so... Um, Did I know that? I can't remember his name. But he pulled Kyoso's hair and it didn't get noticed at all by the, the, the officials or whatever, did it? And so he's been given a... I was going to call it a posthumous, but that's not right. Or indeed a post-hummus. He's not just finished eating some hummus either. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just wonder I just wonder whether that could be something. Thank you. Yeah, I, I wonder whether that could have retrospective action. But then again, he got given a yellow card. So I'm presuming that the way that football stupidly works is that, oh, he's already been punished. Yeah, because isn't, it, isn't it for some reason if he's given a yellow, you can't give a red retrospective? Oh, it's just I think. Bull. But. It's absolute bull. Do you know what? A player could get a gun out, shoot somebody, and as long as the referee gave him a yellow card, he'd get away with it. <laughs> it's a joke. Anyway, going on to the substitutions, um, there was a bit of criticism given to John Brady by a couple of fans on Twitter that I saw. Um, what did you make of them, Danny? Was there any kind of weirdness in your mind with it with the subs um yeah harriman for mcwilliams was a bit odd i thought um yeah uh, yeah even bringing danny rose up and bringing edmondson on you kind of think why is he bringing off a striker for a striker when we could throw someone else on throw edmondson on for someone else like if he brought edmondson on for mcwilliams maybe that would make more sense or for morris or for hoskins or watson kind of thing just just to have a little bit more of an actual forward up there, but it did seem a, a bit odd to bring Neil on for, for Mackmutwaza. And so late as well. It was the 82nd yeah. minute. I think that was the... I mean, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't sat there going and saying to myself, um, you know, we need to make a change. Or, or I wasn't thinking to myself, why hasn't he made a change yet? I don't know why. I think I was just fuming about the fact that we were losing. But... I I just kind of, yeah, I, it was only afterwards. And I sort of went, oh, yeah, it was quite late that those subs happened. And why did he not put, you know, the second striker on to go up front alongside? I mean, surely, and again, I'm not a football manager, but surely you just go 4-4-2. You'd think so, wouldn't you? I think it's difficult because I don't think he wanted to repeat what Curl had done. Um, and mm. I also think that probably in the back of his mind, he wasn't really sure what to do, which is not a problem, by the way. You know, if you, first game in charge, you know, you, you will have those difficulties. But I think it was the manner in which the first goal went in, I think rocked everything a little bit and probably didn't help matters. So I think you might look at it differently maybe tomorrow and see what the substitutions are like then and then maybe be able to gauge what what they're like. Um, but we'll, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And it's really difficult to, to pass judgment on a bloke that has come in or three blokes that have come in just for that one game. It, it's very hard to, to, to rightly or wrongly criticize because at the end of the day, they've had what, two hours with these guys. So they're, they're doing the best that they can, you know, and, and to a certain extent, as are the players on that day, they're not good enough at the minute. We know that, but generally on that day with that two hour training session and a bit like Brady was saying that 
they don't quite know whether to go and trust themselves and go off and, and move out of position and things and, and go for it or move upfield. And, and and again, that's something that is, is difficult to criticise. So I think we're in a bit of a, a devil's advocate situation because you could argue all you like about subs, but they didn't happen, did they? Um, and, you know, you he could have put on the most perfect substitutions and they might not have worked, you know? So we you just don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, Danny, you wanted to talk about, I think, John Brady's post-match interview and the the comments that he made, I think, particularly in regards to the way that the players are speaking to each other. Yeah, that was pretty eye-opening, wasn't it? <laughs> the fact that he's, um, <clears throat> he's come out and said that they're having a go at each other, essentially. Um, someone misses a shot, someone misses a chance, and they're getting berated by the teammates um it just seems to me like there's a little bit of disharmony there somewhere um and look from from the outside it looks like that as well there's it doesn't seem to be any kind of kind of unity there at all and for him to come out and say that says to me that that's been there for quite a while um and for him to say that it's it's, it's actually quite refreshing i think all of john brady's interviews so far um including the one he's, he's just put up today about the ipswich game it's been really refreshing because he's just talked honestly and he's just talked sort of completely out of riddles, which is quite a change from the last two and a half years. Um, he's told us who's injured. He's told us who's not injured, um, how long it's going to be. Um, but the main thing is to kind of say what the mood is in the, in the camp is. And I think that was really, really eye opening in terms and worrying as well for, for that to come out. Do you think, um, that maybe part of the reason why, there's that openness in regards to what John Brady says is because actually he doesn't necessarily want the job full time. Um, not necessarily. I don't think, no, I think he's kind of thinking he's probably on a hit or bust situation. So he might as well kind of go for it and just be who he is. Um, Dean Austin definitely felt like that towards the end of his, well, towards the start, sorry, of his reign when he was on in caretaker charge, it was a bit like, Gung-ho, I'm just going to just have a go at this. Um, if he's given it in a, as a permanent role, I'm not sure if it would change or not, but he doesn't seem like the type of person who's going to change based on that. Um, he seems quite an open person. I quite like the way he talks. Um, but it, it's just really, really concerning about what what he's saying and how he's, how the how the squad is. He's, he's got a little bit more time with them now to, to go into Tuesday. We, we could probably do with the whole week off honestly, to just to go through a, a whole week cycle without a match, but this is how it is. And uh, the, and like I said, the way he's talked about the Ipswich game is actually quite knowledgeable about how who they are and and how we're just going to go and give it a go. And there's no there's no kind of reservedness about oh we don't, we'll go there and you know this is for the long term. You know we'll get as, mm-hmm. we've got to try and get as many points as we can for the season. It's not all about this game. It's actually Satan. He's trying to change the mindset a bit and think you know, let's have a go and let's go for it because. I mean, they're in a pretty vulnerable position themselves in terms of what their expectations are. Just going back quickly to the point that Brady had made about how shocked he was at the way that the players were talking to each other and and essentially the the character of the players. Obviously, that was a big thing that Keith Curl often talked about, Chesy, when it came to signing players and making sure that they had the right character. I mean, do you think in a way this is this is a sign that everything wasn't good and that Curl had done a bad job this season? 
Um, yes. Uh, I don't really want to be too harsh because I really did like Kern. I really respected what he did. Um, however, it didn't work out. Um, and I do think his character of players and his recruitment in particular massively let him down, which is, a, you know, a, a big factor in why he's gone. Um, the one thing that I think screams out to me as a fan um, is that it's quite obvious that they aren't good enough for whatever reason. We could sit and analyse whichever reason all day. But I think that they, because they are struggling so much for form and therefore so much for confidence, that starts to eat away. And I always remember um, fondly kind of the 2016 season and and how gelled that group were through thick and thin. And that was that was mostly because they were on a real roll. And it's a bit like that that age-old thing, isn't it? It's that you don't get injured when you're in a title-winning season because you just keep going. Your you, you, Adrenaline just keeps you going as such. Whereas when you're on literally the pole opposite of that, you're, it's so difficult to get going and therefore you're unhappy and then it starts to eat away at you and then eats away at your character as such. So his, the characters that he's brought in may not necessarily have been bad characters, but bad form can cause bad characters. And don't forget, you've got people like Sam Hoskins who's really experienced and has been through relegation with us and has been through promotion with us. But then you've got others that have come in and and all they've ever known at Northampton Town is struggle because we've always struggled this season. So you're, you've got a mixture of, of, of two types of players there or two types of experiences with the club. And if you're coming into a club and it's just a constant battle that you weren't necessarily prepared for, that's going to be really challenging. Yeah, I, th- I think it is going to be probably the most challenging aspect of, you know, turning our season around, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it is, you know, how do you change somebody's mindset? That, Especially like you say, it's something that has been bored into them over the past, you know, six months, let's say, where it hasn't been going right. It, it's it's not going to happen just with a with a click of the fingers, sorry, it, it's going to take time, and I think that's one thing that is going to have to be given, isn't it? Regardless of who um, comes in, or whether it is John Brady, um, Samo, and Rico that, that stay in charge for a while, time has got to be given. The thing that I'm worried about is that I don't think the fans will give time. I think I think they're going to have to. I think we're we're treading on a on a a balance wire and a tightrope over it because I think you've got so many different factors that we we come around and talk about all the time. But just in general, that the the circumstances that surround this season for a start are challenging in themselves. Um, then the circumstances surrounding the fact that we're twenty third out of twenty four teams are challenging on their own. So I think if you any you know, normal bog standard cobblers fan has just got to give it time and give it patience. And I think we cried out for that for curl and it obviously didn't work in the end, but I do think the, the vast majority of those fans were patient for long enough. So it is, we know it's there. We know we can be patient. And I think we have to be, because if we're not, 
you end up then rushing that process and it's just never going to be successful. You have to be able to back this. And also as well, you have to put your confidence in these players that have already let you down. And that's a really difficult thing to do as a fan is to, to actually wipe the slate clean and let them go and be free without the shackles of that, that fan um, judgment that they've got. Cause we judge them all the time. And at the moment we're judging them really negatively because what they're doing is performing really negatively. But if for example, Brady gets it permanently or he gets it long-term or someone else comes in, you have to buy into that a bit like Kel always used to say, you have to buy into that, that way of, of thinking and that development that he was crying out for. He did get that to a certain extent, but another manager is going to come in with a new set of ideas that's going to want us to buy into that. Now we have to do that because if we don't, we're just going to go on that merry-go-round of managers consistently over and over again and go up to League One, down to League Two, seven years later, go up again. And it's just going to be a merry-go-round. We have to buy into this. And part of that is, is being patient and actually being realistic and pragmatic about it yeah yeah okay well look let's um let's move on ever so slightly i mean i will say that one of the things that is quite good that we do don't record immediately after a game is that on saturday evening i was probably ready to sack every single player um that is in the squad and oh god i was angry i was so angry with that performance on saturday and that result couldn't so it's a good job that we're not and we're recording two days later it's all good um as the podcast comes out on tuesday uh, the cobblers are off down to ipswich uh for a for a little old game and um there's been some shenanigans going on <laughs> it would seem down at down at portman road <laughs> Have you bit seen a, this? Uh, bit of a, bit of a oh. flare action going on. This is, a um, <laughs> this is a group that call themselves Blue Action 1878. Um, oh. So, yeah. Sexy. Yeah, they've um, gone down to the Ipswich training ground and thrown a few flares in because they're pretty unhappy about how things are going. Bless them, up there in 12th. <laughs> the dizzy heights. That the is dizzy ridiculous, heights, yeah. isn't it? Five, it really they, is. Five points off the playoffs, I think they are. But um, obviously, they've um, got their knickers in a twist about the playing style and all that Great kind of thing. Great phrase, so. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in there. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're not happy because they want to be, they feel like they're a bigger club than mid-table in League One. Um, and it's not going well. So hopefully, this plays into our hands a little bit because, I mean, it definitely would if there was fans in the ground because it'd be pretty toxic if we were holding them to nil-nil or 1-0 up somehow. If we'd actually managed to score Are you a goal. joking? <laughs> um, Danny, get you out of the clouds. <laughs> they would turn pretty quickly, but as it is, um, it's not not quite as simple as that. But it's, uh, I mean, some people are reporting this as a fire, but it's not really. It's just a couple of fans with a couple of flares and maybe the smoke machine off stars in their eyes. But, um, <laughs> tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be. Norwich City. <laughs> <laughs> George Burley. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, hang oh, on a minute. Pause. Pause. Matt Holland. <laughs> Are you impressed John that Walk. I know who this is? <laughs> I'm always impressed that you know who these who people are. Are you from, impressed uh, that I, I know uh, Stars in Your Eyes? Um, Didn't they reboot it, though? Yeah, they rebooted it. Did they? Yeah. Oh, so I'm who, not the who, OG. Who's the host, who's the host um, Jeffy? Matthew. Oh, Matthew, Matthew Kelly. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, Matthew yeah. Kelly. He was a bit of a legend. Can we mention him or not? Are we allowed to mention him? <laughs> yeah, he was he right? was acquitted, wasn't he? He was all right. Yeah. Yeah, he I was always right. worry about 90s and 80s <laughs> celebrities. <that Yeah. laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, in 20 years' time, we'll all be talking about Mr. Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ipswich, Flares, wow. I mean, all kicking incredible. Off. Incredible. Marcus Stewart. Yeah, get him uh, in. <laughs> he probably still he probably score a couple of goals from us. <laughs> look at the way our strikers are at the minute um so yeah uh it, it's, it's a bit of a a free hit isn't it you, oh, you said danny about yeah. yeah danny's already said hasn't he jeffy about how brady's just sort of said let's just go at it and just see what we can do i think that's the right attitude and i also think that that's the kind of attitude that we as supporters kind of want to be hearing of don't we oh yeah we like literally we've got nothing to lose we really haven't because effectively we've completely and utterly messed up the six pointers in which was our realistic chance of being out of the relegation zone and in the slightly more it's not even Mm -hmm. comfortable but a a slightly more advantageous position to some of our our lower end of the table counterparts but you know we've We've stuffed that, so there's you know there's absolutely no point in in dwelling over that. The idea that we go full force and absolutely just go f- hell for leather in all of these games now and just see what happens. Like I could not care less, really, realistically, as a fan now, I couldn't care less if we go and lose that two one on the break tomorrow night. I really couldn't because at the end of the day, if you're giving it a, a really darn good go. And it just doesn't work. Then there's nothing, nothing else you can do. Just lob the entire kitchen at it, and just see what happens. Lob <laughs> it all should, in, and just see what happens. I think we should all turn up in flares, right, as a <laughs> as a nod to the tonight. Like all the players just turn up in flares, and uh, yeah, playing. I've got a sneaky feeling for this one, by the way. Oh, Danny, you've Have said you? it now. Yeah, got one of my sneaky feelings that we're going to get a win here. I feel like the momentum for Ipswich. If we if we nick that early one, they're gonna they're gonna feel that pressure of their fans. I know they're not there, but oh, I don't know. Just this little Tuesday night, early-ish kickoff under the lights. Come on, two 0 <laughs> No, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone with the two 0 scoreline. I like it. Um, okay, well, look, I mean, it, it, it's still a big week ahead. I think, isn't it? Ipswich on Tuesday, MK on Saturday. Oh, God, I've just remembered, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to my um, article coming out in the MK blog. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, we've got a preview show that we'll be um, oh, covering, did we, won't did we? Did we find one, did we? Uh, well, I, I've not looked for one, <laughs> if I'm being honest. If I'm being honest, I, I don't think we should have. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Any... I think we should just leave it half an hour of a blank. We yeah, we didn't. We didn't have one last time, did we? No, uh, just put a picture we... of a roundabout up on Twitter, and everyone will understand. <laughs> Fabulous. No, we, we will do a preview show that will come out on Friday. We just might not have an MK fan because they're well, difficult to don't. find. They're probably lost in their roundabout section. We don't believe that they actually exist. Um, that, uh, yeah, so we'll definitely have one of those. I know that there was. Uh, we, we keep having lots of people um, come and send us stuff, send us their thoughts, which is lovely. You can send it on Twitter at Cobblers to me or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash it's all cobblers. Um, 
and it's really, really good when we get stuff. We had one uh, via our uh, Patreon Slack channel, um, which, by the way, uh, I just want to say a, a really big hello and thank you to every one of our Patreon supporters. Um, but specifically, if you have um, started supporting us in the last month or so, so basically since around about um, January, then thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. And just as I'm actually getting up the information um, to see the names of these people so I can tell you and say thank you properly to you. So first of all, thank you to Mark Johnson, Malcolm Butler, uh, who has increased his Patreon pledge, which is absolutely lovely. Thank you, Malcolm. Daniel Adams, Tony James, and then a brand new Patreon from today, no less, uh, Joshua. Thank you very much. Welcome. Um, thank you so much for all of your support. I'm sure there's other people here. There is. Here we go. Uh, Matthew Crane and Sheffield Cobbler, or Mike, as we know him as in the Slack channel. Thank you all. It really is appreciated. If you want to sign up and, and support the making of the podcast, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. You basically get access to the Slack channel community, which is a lovely little safe place, isn't it, Danny, really, I suppose is the nice way to put it. Um, and we just talk about cobblers and especially on a match day. It's really, really lively in there. Um, really enjoyable. Plus, you get extra bonus content, like extra episodes. Um, and also, depending on what tier you're on, you might also get early access to any interviews that we might be doing in the next couple of weeks. Mm, and, so, Charles, yes. next Sunday, of course. Oh, Let's next Sunday. Let's not forget Sunday. next Sunday, because oh. <laughs> patrons... I mean, this is our patrons going to double Gold. when I announce this. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my new monthly quiz is coming to Patreon as well next Sunday and patrons can come and join us. I think it's from seven, isn't it? Next Sunday. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think seven for a seven fifteen start yeah. on zoom just before we normally do our recording uh, of the podcast. So um, you'll be, you'll be like the warm up act, Danny. Well, yeah, that don't put people off. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've fully uh, researched quiz as well, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be really, really good. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. So if you want to join us, then patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Anyway, uh, Malcolm Butler, who is one of our patrons and who has upped his pledge. Thank you again, Malcolm. I will keep saying thank you to all these people because you're all bloody wonderful. Um, Malcolm sent us a, a message saying, evening all. Well, wasn't that a pile of rubbish this afternoon? I'm guessing that this was sent on Saturday, by the way. Uh, I'm not sure whether to resign to League Two here and now or try and kid myself that somehow we'll survive. The fact is that this afternoon we came out all guns blazing and then after 20 minutes it was almost as if somebody waved a magic wand and transported us back to the land of consecutive 4-0 defeats. The Brady Bunch have had something like 48 hours at the helm and now know they've got a job on their hands i won't explain that but with my glass half full head on wouldn't it just be typically cobblersy to go and get a result at portman road on tuesday anyway we're all hurting tonight but the slack channel came up trumps this afternoon and made me realize why we support northampton town as long as danny doesn't nip off to crimp the length off on tuesday <laughs> we'll be all right uh, you'll have to join the slack to find out what that's all about despite my best efforts my son spurs and grandson liverpool have all had shit weekends we are not alone take care all we go again on tuesday Ooh, rob rob's in rob's in <laughs> rob's in um 
So, yeah, I mean, we've had lots of those kind of messages and it's really nice. And I've read the whole thing out without taking anything out about, you know, plaudits and being nice about the Slack channel and the patrons and stuff because I think it's lovely and it, it feeds my ego and uh, boy, does it need feeding at times. Anyway, before we go, uh, let's have a very, very quick chat about um, the latest manager rumours, rumours. I don't know what I was saying there. Um Jeffy, I've got a list here. It's not a very long one. Um, have you got any one in mind for the currently vacant cobbler's manager position? Yes. Oh, Ooh. pray tell. Alan McCormack. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. No, has ser- he done his badges? Seriously, he's doing them. Um, seriously, <laughs> though, um, Get him in. <laughs> I would say the ca- I top of my list at the minute is the Cowley mm. brothers. Or creeping up to the very top, I would say is the Sutton manager at the minute. Matt Gray. Yeah. He doesn't look like he'd creep up on anything. No. No, he doesn't. If he if he did, I'd be very worried. <laughs> can I can I tell you why I, I feel that he's creeping up to the top of my, my list? Is it because he looks like Alan McCormack? <laughs> no, never consider that, but yes, good point. No, do you know why? Because I see stark similarities between his journey through football management as I did with Chris Wilder. Ooh. And I think it's a really good sign. Oh, praise. I mean, you've literally just jinxed it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, yes, of course I have. <clears throat> But do you know what I mean? It, like we sit, we sit, and we we analyze managers past, present, blah 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 blah. But generally speaking, with taking Chris Wilder out of the equation, the general um, way always, not just with this board, but with with other boards. Generally speaking, we've always gone for managers that know the leagues. Is it not time to go for a gamble and go for a manager that's up and coming, young, and? doesn't really know the league particularly well, but is really successful at just doing the very basics. And if you can run a non-league club during a pandemic, I think you can probably do many a thing. Did you see oh. that? Um, did you see that interview we did after the after the yes, game? Yes, I the did. Weekend? Yeah, that little twinkle, didn't he? Little twinkle in his eyes when he got asked about it. So like, here we go. The, the only thing probably stopping him is that the fact we may well be in the same league next year, yeah. <laughs> next season. Um, but. If you're looking at it from his point of view, you think yeah, this is pretty good opportunity and a pretty good chance. We're not dead and buried yet. Like um, I think it was Jake Sharp was saying on Saturday, we're, like points-wise, we're nowhere near. But it just needs someone to come in and just round everyone up, and maybe a fresh face like that would would work. Um, and if he's is doing bloody well with Sutton, to be fair to him, mm, he is. It's not um, an easy place uh, either, Sutton. I, I don't know. I don't no, it's been. really not an e- it's not an easy place to go to and 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 win. Look, oh, I see. Looking at the the other teams around Sutton, it's a difficult place to go, which is what you want. A, um, you want a fortress. They've got a three G pitch, haven't they? Mm. Plastic pitch or something. But I think that I think when people say that of them, it takes away a little bit of of what of what a job he actually does. I think that kind of devalues what he what he has actually done, which has been. You still have to go and win the game, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That is it, isn't it? Um, other managers being mentioned, uh, Kevin Wilkin, of course. Oh, um, I thought you were going Keegan, Charles. I was <laughs> off my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody mentioned Ian Culverhouse the other day on the Slack, didn't they? That was it. Yeah, because oh, he's Kings Lynn manager, incredible. isn't he? He is, he's, yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd take that. Well. I'd absolutely take that. Um, 
I, 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 I can't believe it. Right, so there's a list, right? We, I've got in front of me a Word document with a list that Danny has come up with. Um, top of that list is Matt Gray, certain United manager. Then we've got Kevin Wilkin. Um, we've got the Cowley brothers have already been mentioned. I think that's probably very unrealistic. Um, and then for some reason, I, I don't know why I go from unrealistic Danny Cowley <laughs> to, uh, to this. I, I really don't understand. But literally, Danny has written the next manager on the list. Arsene Wenger. Yeah, get him in. Get him in. I said that on our live show the other day. I thought he ticks all the boxes, doesn't he? Long-term plan. You know, plays the right way. Get him in. <laughs> Likes a challenge. <laughs> plot <laughs> twist. Oh. Oh, breaking news. Yeah, plot twist. What if, I'm just putting this out here, what if Wilder was to leave Sheffield United? <laughs> if we can't afford the Cowleys, we're not going to be able to afford. Yeah, but uh, I don't Wilder. think Chris Wilder would care. He's so he he's so oh, low he maintenance, would. isn't he? He would. He's he would. on an upward trajectory and all of that sort of stuff. I'm he's on just a putting it out there. He would get um, most mid-table prem jobs. I think. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I totally absolutely. agree. I totally agree. I'm I'm not diminishing the job that he's done. I'm just in dreamland. It's okay. Maybe Alan. Get Alan in. McCormack or Nil? Nil. No, Nilly. Get Nil, Nil, uh, Nil in on his own. <laughs> Nilly on his own. Just a load of, load of free kicks. Uh, majest, majestically worked free kicks. Win us the games. Keep us up. That'd be fabulous, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just be amazing? That'd be lovely. Um, well, look, that's it. That's all we've got time for this week. As I said before, myself and Danny will come back with a preview show, which will be out on Friday. Thank you very much for listening today. Um, if you've listened lots of times before or even if you've just joined in now why not go and give us a lovely five-star review over on apple Podcasts, itunes whatever it is you want to call it leave us something and just tell us that you've enjoyed the pod that would be absolutely lovely there's loads of ways to support us by doing that and listening to the podcast is basically the easiest way you can and if you want to go out there and do a little bit more then you can go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me Make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever it is that you listen to us on, whether it's Apple or Spotify or any of the other apps that are available for you to listen to the podcast. That way, you'll never miss an episode when it gets released. It will go straight onto your phone or your tablet or wherever it is that you listen to us on. And we will be back on Friday, as I said. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. I did not see it. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world-famous online stand-up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned Stand-Up Bingo Champion of the World. Every ticket purchase goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Cafe Track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo.
Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.